Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. You want to follow me? It's going to cost you. Well, how much is it going to cost me? Everything. So deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. Now along the way, I'm going to bless you like crazy. But guess what? Some of you are going to be in prison. Some of you are going to be beheaded. As Paul said, I had times when I had everything. And I had times when I had nothing. Well, Paul, something wrong with your faith. I'd like to have faith like Paul, would you? At some point in your life, you've probably been posed the question, if you had one wish, what would it be? Now, ruling out the I'd wish for an infinite number of wishes answer, (laughs) most people would ask for unlimited wealth. As a believer, knowing what scripture says about the love of money, hopefully you'd answer differently. As we'll see in our study today, when Solomon was given a choice to ask God for anything, he chose wisdom. He was seeking after God's heart to rule Israel and his life with the wisdom of the Lord. Being given wealth without God's wisdom will only end in disaster. His way for us is always best. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 1, verse 7, for part two of our message entitled, Solomon's Wise Choice. That night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. What a question. It's interesting. Here you see human initiative in this divine invitation. The divine, the creator of the universe, says to a human, What do you want? If God came to you tonight, In a dream. And he said to you, whatever you want, I'll give you. What would you ask for? Everybody has their own idea. See, if you didn't know the answer already, you say, well, let's see, I got a mortgage payment, he's been paying, I got a here. We could have a list pretty big, pretty quick, wouldn't we? Anybody having, this month, having trouble with enough money before the month ends? Let me see your hand. I don't know what you'd ask for. Anybody having physical problems? Okay. Emotional things? No job? I mean, a lot of things we could ask for. I mean, that's a kind of an open statement. Notice what he says. And Solomon answered God. By the way, this is a great picture of prayer. It's two-way communication. God is speaking so Now, I don't know how this happened. It says, in the night, God appeared to Solomon. Quite often, God speaks to me at night. He just impresses me, impresses you. Sometimes he'll wake you up to pray for people during the night. And you just pray for it and go on. Because God's the one that knows that he needs to grab our attention. So somehow he gets a hold of Solomon. doesn't tell us how. doesn't say how he did it at all. But he asked him, and notice, Solomon answered God, 
You have shown great kindness to David, my father, and have made me king in this place. Now, Lord God, let your promise to my father David be confirmed. For you have made me king over a people who are as numerous as the dust of the earth. So Solomon answered God, this two-way communication with the creator of the universe. And you notice how he answers God? First, he answers him with praise. He doesn't just go right to the list. Okay, here's what I want. Not that we would ever do that. But he immediately says, God, man, you've shown such great kindness to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. God is a God of kindness. I think it's good to reflect back at the kindness of God in our lives. What a wonderful blessing to review his gentleness. Parents, notice what Solomon said. He said, I've learned from my dad that you were a kind God. Parents, when you're praying over your children, when you're communicating with them, is that the kind of God you're communicating? Or is it an angry, unending God that just can't be pleased? No, we need to make sure that when we're praying over our children. See, David passed down a great reputation of God to his children. One of my goals in this fellowship, if nothing else, that when people come here or if God moves them to another place, is they have the correct character of God. So he's not an angry God. Now he's a just God, but he's a God full of grace and mercy. He's a gentle God. He loves us. He puts up with a lot, doesn't he? Huh? We're just messes. And we're also what? Nobodies. You got it. And he puts up with us. And he even puts up with us when we think we become somebodies. He's a great God. So do our kids know that? That was what David passed down. Through his sins, through his mistakes, Solomon knew the character of the God he was talking with and the God he was praying with. By watching my parents, that character of God was passed on to me. And I think it's a very valuable thing. Sunday school teacher, especially in our kids' ministry, all those children have no concept of God outside of this church. Make sure the God you're giving them is the God of the Bible. It's very important. David passed this on. Great thing for a parent. So verse 10 is the answer. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people for who is able to govern this great people of yours. Solomon asked for help. Why? Because he looked at the people and he went, I'm in trouble. Now, most people believe he was anywhere between 17 and 20 to 21 years old. Here he is, 20, let's say. And he looked out on these masses of people, and he went, I need help. So humility is a great thing. And when you see this humility, what Solomon is saying is this, I'm over my head. I can't rule these people. I need your help. 
By the way, there's no way any leader in this church can do it by themselves. So in your prayers, you pray for us, all the leadership in this church. We have to have God's help. If you're a leader here and think, well, I don't need that. I can govern myself. You come see me because we'll remove you because you're about to fall. It isn't going to happen in your life. I need God's help. You say, well, I've been doing this long enough and I'm pretty smart and I've got all the skills of handling people. No, you need God. I need God. It's wonderful to have experience, but don't get cocky with it. I think there's another thing right by verse 10 you want to write, and I'll come back to it later. I hope I'll have time tonight. One thing that Solomon should have added, he should have added wisdom for his own life. He got wisdom to lead the people, but somehow he bypassed his own wisdom to be able to manage his own life. We'll come back to that later. Big area of difficulty. So Solomon asked for really a discerning heart, a hearing heart, one that would be tuned to the things of God. We talked about wisdom. Wisdom is living life according to God's point of view, with God's values, and in God's timing. Remember, don't forget the God's timing part. Often, we know the values, we know his point of view, we get frustrated because of the timing. Relax. So that's the heart that God gave or was asked for, and verse 11 tells us what God did. And God said to Solomon, since this is your heart's desire, think of the heart, and you have not asked for wealth, riches, or honor, nor the death of your enemies, and since you have not asked for a long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people, over whom I made you king. Now, verse 12, therefore, wisdom and knowledge will be given to you. Why did God list in verse 11, wealth, riches, honor, even with your enemies, long life? Why did God list those in that that same sentence? Because that's what most people would have asked for. You see, they bypassed totally what was necessary. See, if you have God's wisdom, all the rest of that stuff doesn't matter because you get to do life right. There isn't a thing in that list that's really important. Now, we put all the importance to it. Some of the stuff's necessary, but none of it's really important. Power, possessions, pleasure, and prestige are the wrong things to focus on, and yet this is exactly what most of our time is spent on. Keep your finger there. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Now, when we start talking about these things, what happens in our lives? This is where we have to be careful with the prosperity gospel. Notice, when you turn to Matthew 7, Keep your finger there. Look right back at verse 12 where we were in Chronicles. God gives him wisdom. Then what does God give him? Let's look. Let's read. He said, therefore, because you haven't asked for all these things, I'm going to give you wisdom. And I'm going to give you knowledge. And I will, you might want to circle this word, also give you wealth and riches 
and honor, such as no king who was ever before you, ever had, or none after you will have. Now, so let's look at Matthew 7, 7 and 8. Here's where the problem is. Notice the prosperity gospel, again, a false concept or false exegesis of the word of God, says God wants everybody rich. God wants every single person in perfect health. If you don't have those kind of things, if you don't have all those, if you're not the wagger of the dog instead of the tail, then absolutely, you'll hear this stuff on Christianity, then absolutely you don't have faith and God doesn't love you and you're pretty much a defeated Christian. That's totally wrong. That's totally wrong. See, God said, I'm going to give you what was really wise, but also just as a kind of a blessing to you, I'm going to bless you with these other things. But you'll soon find out that those other things were the downfall of Solomon. So you say, well, Pastor Mark, look, look at these verses. Say, Let, Let's read them. Matthew 7, 7 and 8. Ask and will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and him who knocks, the door will be open. There it is, Pastor Mark. Automatically, I just ask for whatever I want. So I'm not going to come to me. Turn over to John 15, 7. Now we begin to find a little things that are added to those. So you cannot pick a promise out of the Word of God without understanding the context. You also can't understand, you can't pick a thing without looking at the whole principles of the Word of God. John fifteen seven. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. Well, the first part of that whole promise is the key. My words remain in you. Well, what are his words? Seek first the kingdom of God. So see, the focus is never on things. Now turn over to 1 John chapter 5. Here's the balance. And we have to be careful because it is a pretty dangerous gospel because it really satisfies my natural desire. I want to be rich. I want to have everything. I don't want any problems in my life. So it kind of fits right in with what people want. But I can tell you, after seeing it for 40 years, it destroys people. Because when they don't get it, they blame God. And many of them are never walking in the church again. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. Here's the balance to it. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything, circle it, according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we will have what we have asked of him. Now, when you look at all of these situations, Jesus is not talking to a mass of people who don't know him. He's always talking his principles especially in these cases, to his disciples. A disciple is one who chose three things. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. So he's not speaking to the general guy who says, ask whatever, okay, come join this Jesus guy. Anything you want, just ask. We go for it. No, he's talking to the guys he's already said, you want to follow me? It's going to cost you. Well, how much is it going to cost me? Everything. 
So deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. Now along the way, I'm going to bless you like crazy. But guess what? Some of you are going to be in prison. Some of you are going to be beheaded. As Paul said, I had times when I had everything. And I had times when I had nothing. Well, Paul, something wrong with your faith. I'd like to have faith like Paul, would you? Not a bad guy. See, you have to balance it. But let's go back to Chronicles. God does say, hey, Solomon, because you ask rightly. Remember, Matthew 6.33, seek his kingdom first and his righteousness, the other things will come. So God was pleased. Same thing for all of us. Now, what happened was that Solomon asked for wisdom. We need to ask for wisdom. If any of you lack for wisdom, the James chapter 1, 5 says we should ask of God. There's only one person who can give true wisdom, and that's God. Anytime that you're in this church and you go to a pastor or a counselor or one of the elders, when we pray for you, when we open our conversation, I always pray for God's wisdom in every single counseling session because I don't have the wisdom. I need his wisdom. So when you come, you can absolutely know that God, some of you here tonight, we're all here with different needs, but some of you here tonight, you absolutely need wisdom. I'll share with you at the end. You can pray for it. God will absolutely give you wisdom. Just trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he absolutely will direct your path. That's another part of the prayer of Jabez. Now you say, well, God, here's the way I want you to direct my path. No, that's not what it says. It says, God, I I just turned myself over to you. I'm making these plans, God, but you direct my steps because he knows what's good for us. So Solomon prays this, and all of a sudden, God gives him all these other goodies. And that goes along with Ephesians 3.20. Now him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to the power that's worked within us. See, see, he asked for wisdom and he gets all the rest. He probably would have asked, you and I would have asked for maybe wealth. That would have been it. Now, I want you to take your finger there and go back to 1 Kings because there was a condition to the rest of this promise. See, there are some promises in the Bible and I'll try to point them out to you when we go through. There are some promises in the Bible that are totally unconditional. We'll read one tonight. God's promise never to leave you, never forsake you. That has nothing to do with me. That's totally God. God says, I'm able to supply all your needs according to my riches. That's totally unconditional from God. Now, here was the conditional one. 1 Kings 3, verse 14. This is the same passage basically back in Kings Again, a little different perspective in Chronicles. This was given to King Solomon. And if you walk in my ways, circle the big word if. Whenever you see a conditional promise, you'll see the word if. So God says, I'll do these things for you. I'll give you long life as your father David had. But there's a condition to this one. There's a condition. And he lists the condition. If you walk in my ways and obey my statutes and commands, as David your father did, I will give you long life. So that's the stipulation. Same as we read back in John. If you remain in him and his words remain in you, then you can ask whatever. See, people who come to Christ want to live a carnal life and then come to God whenever they need it. No, that's not the relationship we're talking about here. We're talking about an ongoing relationship. He said the same thing to Solomon. Solomon, if you walk in my ways, walk is a lifestyle. And if you obey my commands, then things will go well for you. Now, what does that absolutely say? In the negative, it says if. 
If you stop walking in my way, if you quit obeying, is there trouble ahead? Oh, there's trouble ahead. And that's exactly what he's saying. But he's positive, notice. He just says it right there, so that's your choice. All right, back to 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 13. Then Solomon went to Jerusalem from the high place at Gibeon, and before the tent of the meeting, and he reigned over all of Israel. So once again, he went back, he worshipped God. After seeing that, what a wonderful God's goodness was, he had to go back and he worshipped again. Now verse 14 through 17 tell us that God keeps his promises. He said to him, you will have wealth, you'll have all of these things. So let's read them. Now Solomon accumulated chariots and horses. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horses, which he kept in the chariot cities and also with him in Jerusalem. The king made silver and gold as common in Jerusalem as stones. Now if you've ever been to Jerusalem, it is nothing but stones. That must be a picture to see. In other words, you talk about riches. And cedar as plentiful as sycamore trees in the foothills. Solomon's horses were imported from Egypt, so he became a trader. I mean, this guy was incredibly wise. Were imported from Egypt, and from Ketha, royal merchants purchased them from Q. They imported a chariot from Egypt for 600 shekels of silver and a horse for 150. They also exported them to all the kings of the Hittites and the Arameans. Now, so what you're seeing is... All of a sudden, Solomon is taken over, and now he's amassing to himself lots of horses, and obviously, not only horses, but lots of money. Keep your finger there. Turn back to Deuteronomy 17. God had spoken earlier to the kings and told them of things that would be a problem in the future. See, God knows the future. He, know, he knows exactly the kind of things that can cause us problems. So back in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 17, I'll just start with verse 14, but then I'm going to skip down. Verse 14, when you enter the land and your God has given you, have taken possession of it and settled it. Head on down to uh, verse 16. The king, moreover, must not acquire what? Great number of horses for himself. So what is Solomon doing? He's accumulating great numbers of horses. Remember, God said to him, if you'll obey my commands. And you're going to say, well, how did Solomon start so great and then up so poor? You're beginning to get the picture. Okay? Remember I told you before, he should have asked for wisdom for who? His personal life. You see, some people can say, man, man, a great teacher, wonderful, great elder, great uh, small group leader. No, what I want to be is a great man of God privately. The rest comes. See, that's the problem. Notice, read on. The king must not acquire himself a great number of horses himself, or make the people return to Egypt by the way he did that, to get more of them for the Lord has told you. You must not go back that way again. Verse 7, he must not take many wives. Is Solomon going to have a problem with that? No. He's just going to have a thousand mother-in-laws. <laughs> Need I say more? (laughs) Today we heard Solomon ask for a discerning, hearing heart. God was pleased with his request and blessed him with the wealth and power that he didn't ask for. As Pastor Mark pointed out, if you have God's wisdom, none of that other stuff is important. You get to live life in the righteousness of God, which is immeasurable. 
He warned not to be taken in by teachings that equate wealth with righteousness. That is a lie. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. The messages that you hear each day here on Lessons for Living were produced from messages that Pastor Mark shared at the main campus in Melbourne. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, we'll see how Solomon uses his wisdom to rule the people of Israel but doesn't apply God's wisdom to himself. For the same reasons that God doesn't always give us the wealth and relationships we desire, we'll see the beginning of some poor choices made by Solomon. Pastor Mark will tell us what it takes to follow through on the work that God directs us to do. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. 